0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Fenway Park. Look at Mark Fidrich now. He's time to get the ball back. You'll see him mumble a couple of words to the ball. The first man ever to pitch five career no-hitters. Touch all, Joe. I don't believe what
1: I just saw. it's another chance for Mitchell, and he makes a fair-handed
0: kick. Ricky goes, a pitch pick, and he's going to have it. Leaps high on the
1: air, and he's got it. Hey, Let it be said that number eight, Cal Ripken Jr., has reached
0: the unreachable star. Today, I consider consider myself myself the luckiest luckiest man man on the face of the the earth. earth. Now, ladies and gentlemen,
2: boys and girls, we invite you to rise. We invite you to rise. Hey, fans. Welcome to The Daily Rewind. My name's Tom Hannon, and I'm your host. The Daily Rewind is brought to you by ThisDayInBaseball.com. ThisDayInBaseball.com is a treasure chest full of baseball events, and we bring you everything from the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat in every milestone and oddball event in between. And I'm personally surprised every day at the type of stuff that I find on ThisDayInBaseball.com, and there are thousands of videos, audio, and images to go along with every story that you're going to find. Today we're going to talk about April 6th, and just, you know, last year on April 6th, I did a story about Ron Bloomberg being the very first D.H., um, and, of course, I knew the story um, from 1973, but the research showed me that this debate started a long time before 1973. Um, it dated all the way back into the um, before the turn of the century uh, when in, in Connie Mack and John McGraw talked about this. And, you know, the D.H. almost happened um, before the turn of the century, and it was narrowly defeated uh, seven to five in a vote of owners. So. You know, it just—it's it, a pretty cool podcast. It was one of my first ones, and you can—you uh, can find that on the Daily Rewind uh, podcast for available episodes, uh, April sixth, and it says uh you know uh, Ron Blueberg was the first DH. So it's a pretty cool one to check out. Now today on a- April sixth uh, for two thousand and twenty, uh, I'm celebrating the birthday of a Hall of Fame catcher, Mickey Cochran. Uh, Mickey Cochran, who was born on this day in nineteen oh three. Uh, was the son of a Northern Irish immigrant, John Cochran, and a Scottish immigrant, Sadie Campbell. He was born Gordon Stanley Cochran, nicknamed Mickey, and he was born in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Cochran was one of the game's greatest catchers, and he is considered by many historians to be the finest receiver to play in major leagues in the first half of the 20th century. He was an exceptional line drive hitter, and he posted the highest lifetime batting average, 320, and on-base percentage, 419, of any catcher with more than 5,000 career at-bats. He was an outstanding team leader as well. Cochran played for five pennant-winning teams, three World Championship squads, in his 13 Major League seasons. He helped lead Connie Mack's Philadelphia A's to three straight pennants and two World Championships from 1929 to 1931. Now, I will say that... And when you look back on that 29 through 31 run, uh, it's amazing it's not talked about more of how good those Philadelphia A's teams were. Uh, They were amongst the best in the history of the game, Uh, and they don't get talked about much, and they really easily could have won three straight world championships, and the only reason they got taken apart was because of money. Um, You know, the depression really uh, hit the A's hard, and uh, Connie Mack ended up selling off a lot of those players, but there was just a fantastic Um, A fantastic run by the A's. Now, uh, Cochran was one of those players who got sold off, and he went to the Detroit Tigers. Themselves had back-to-back pennants in 1934 and 1935, and they won it all in 1935. And Cochran was also the team's player manager. He wasn't just a catcher. And he will gain Hall of Fame honors in 1947. Now, on today's podcast, I'm not going to bring you Mickey Cochran talking, but I'm going to bring you something that's pretty cool, which is which is the highlights from Game 6 of the 1935 World Series that the Tigers finally won their first uh, World Championships. I'm going to bring you the top five plays of the game According to Baseball Reference, if you have a look at a box score in Baseball Reference, they have the top five plays. So I'm going to use those top five plays, and I'm going to bring you all of Mickey Cochran's at-bats during this game. So I hope you enjoy this uh, rewind back to 1935.
0: Nobody on, and Mickey Cochran is up. thats to is 10-11. Left-hand the first pitch is low, ball one. One ball to count, the arm comes up for the next one. That's right through the middle, belt five. so it's called strength. Now the count is one and one on right. One and one with one out. Nobody on the club, to get a runner on in air turn at that. Cochran hits one in the left field. It's dropping safely. It's going to walk his for a single. The first hit of the day's ball game. President, manager, Mickey managed Cochran...
2: So here we are in the top of the third with the Tigers up, one zip, and uh, Billy Herman's about to come to the plate with a uh, man on first and third.
0: Bridges is ready. Looks around. Here's the pitch. Herman land a hit over her head in the right. Here comes Jurgis home with a tying run, and Galan is out at third, on a 12 throw from seat to Single A Single by Billy Harmon, driving Jurgis home with a tying run. Galan out at third, box to Clifton.
2: Mickey Cochran, batting in the third Mickey Cochran is first up for the Tigers in the third
0: and the first pitch is a call strike on Mike as French sent one over Belt High through the middle and the next one Cochran fouled into the stand for the second strike ball found is 2-0 on Mike there's a wind up as low over the plate but low, ball one. Two strikes and one ball. The side score as one and one. A third inning. There's a the motion. Here's a pitch. Curve outside, ball two. Two balls and two strikes. Frank gets the sign from Parchment. Ready to go now. There's the wind-up motion. Coming in. High inside, dusting Mike off. He drops to the ground. He keeps from being hit on the field with that one. And the count is now three and two. There's a wind-up motion. Here's the pitch. Cochran driving a foul out left field way. Galan is going for it. Going back and jerking, but the ball drops to the ground and bounces into the field box. And the count just three and two. New ball coming into play. Tossed out by umpire Swigley to Hartnett, who in turn tossed it out to Phil Cavaletta, was handed to Billy Herman. Now handing it to Larry French, while the Augie Galland, the left fielder, Phil Zerg is the shortstop, and Stanley Hack, third base, and finally get back to their position after their long cross-country run. French is ready. Here's the pitch. Cochran grounding out who passes the French for the putout.
2: One out. So here we are on the top of the fifth. Tigers up 2-1. Billy Jurgis has already fly out to right field. So there's one out and nobody on, and Larry French is up. Larry fanned the first time a trap after trying twice unsuccessfully
0: to punt, to advance. Jurgis around. One man gone. Larry is trying both ends of the bat on the plate to see the solid wood he's got up there. Bridges starts his wind up, and the first pitch is a curve ball over that outside corner for a called strike. Ball came up there and then shot right over the corner. Tom goes into motion again. Coming in. Fastball outside. Ball one, and the count is one and one. One out, nobody on. There's the wind-up motion. Here's the pitch, and it looks like a hit. It is a hit, out in the right field on the ground between Garinger and Owen. What a single for Larry French. The sixth, sub hit, and that makes the hits all even again. Six to piece. It's quite a ball game, boys and girls. Don't think it isn't. Runner on first, one man out. And with one hit and two times the bat is up. Hits him from the left side and the pitch is low and inside to a left-hand batter. Ball one. Tommy nods his head. He's satisfied with what Mike is calling for in the pitch. And here it is. It's a fast inside ball. Ball two. Galan dropping to the dirt. He keeps from taking one in the ribs. The count is 2 or nothing. There's a the stretch pitching from the shoulder with a runner on base. Strike called. He got the inside corner with a knee-high pitch that time, although Augie does not believe the pitch was where umpire Quigley saw it. And of course, he's giving the umpire a bit of an argument while the crowd does a little blasting. The crowd is entitled to after saying the admission charge always foul strikes back against the men. But the real cut at that one, and the count is two and two. Umpire quickly dusts off the plate, and it is spotless. Two and two, one man out, French on first, and Frenchie Galan is the batter. Bridges is ready. Here's the pitch. He fouled one off the end of his bat. Going over to the Tiger dugout. Manager Charlie Grimm coaching at third. Watched the roll over. Eldon Archer receiving it. Passing it out to umpire Moriarty who examined it. He found the ball was a little bit lopsided having connected with the end of Galan's bat. And the count is two and two and Bridges pitching a new ball. Which is a call third strike. Cochran dropping it. Ball was right through the middle. Even Mike was surprised it was so straight. Two men out. French on first. And Billy Herman was one hit and two times at batter's up. Still is a right-hand batter. And stays far away from the plate and deep in the batter's box to hit after the curve breaks. That one was not a curve, but a high, hard one inside. Ball one. Two men out, a runner on first. Ball one is the count. Bridge is ready. And a slow curve, a little high. Ball two. Two and nothing. Tommy blows on the meat hand. So he can get a better grip on the apple. Steps up on the rubber again. As the sign from Cochran. Mike is holding up the big net for the target. Here's the pitch. Another high pass and ball three. And he's behind the batter three and nothing. One man out, French on first. Two men out, rather, and French on first. Nice call. He just aimed that one. There was nothing on it. The pitch came right through letter high count is now three balls and one strike. And Bridges is ready to deliver the next pitch. There's a drive that's going out into left field, going way out in the bleachers over the screen for a home run, putting the Cubs in the lead as French got home ahead of Billy Herman. That makes the score 3-2 in favor of the Cubs. He leaned against that fastball With a count, three and one.
2: And it was a line drive over the screen, which is 20 feet high in front of the Bleachers in left field. All right, here we are in the bottom of the sixth. 3-2 Cubs. uh, There's already two men out in the bottom of the sixth. And Billy Rogel is facing Larry French.
0: Two men down, nobody on. And the first pitch is driven into left field. It's going close to the foul line. It's inside, however, for a ground rule double. A ground rule double deep into the left field corner. It dropped just inside the foul line. And a fan reached out from one of the boxes there to make a grab at it. A ground rule double deep in the left field corner for Rogel. Two men out, and Marvin Owen is up. Four, three, two in favor of the Chicago Cubs. The French takes a bit of time. Picks the dust off the pitchers of plate. Now he's up there in the hole taking a stretch. And the first pitch is a single. Rogel is spinning around third base, coming home with a flying run. Byron Owen, who has been the GOAT of the series, delivered his first hit on the first pitch A line single to left field to drive Phil Rogel home with a flying run, and the crowd here at Navin Field is in pretty much of a
2: frenzy. All right, here we are. Top of the ninth inning, 3-3. Three to three. Anything could happen in this game. Stan Hack's going to lead it off against Tommy Bridges. I'm going to bring you the entire ninth inning because uh, according to baseball reference, this is when uh, several plays took place that were the most key of the game. So here we are. Stan Hack, Tommy Bridges leading off the ninth. And going to the ninth with a score still tied at three runs. Take it away, Hal
0: The broadcast of all the World Series games has been sent to you by the Ford Motor Company, builders of Ford and Lincoln cars and Ford trucks, Mr. Henry Ford, Mr. Edsel Ford, and your local Ford dealer. The new Ford for 1936 will soon be introduced and will be on display at Ford dealers everywhere. Well, in that 10th inning, both teams started off identically, but finished up a little differently, although neither score. In the cup half, Harden opened with that single to left, but was cut down on the front end of a double play, Demery being second out. Tabaretta then struck out. In the Tiger half, Fox opened with a single to right, started to fight second by Walker, then Rogel struck out, Owen was purposely passed, and Bridges was called out on strike, ending that inning. The score still a tie, three and three, and here's the big night and the inside. Stanley Hack is close up for the Cubs. He's had a double in three times at bat. And the first pitch is low and inside. A left-hand batter. 4-1. Bridges starts his wind up. Here's the next pitch. It's hit out into. Center field deep over Walker's head, and that's going for three bases or possibly a home run inside the park. The relay is coming into Garinger, and it's a three-base hit, opening the ninth inning by Stanley Hacks, the Cubs' third baseman, deep in that better field corner, high over G. Walker's head. That score was tagged plenty. The Cubs ought to get a run here. Runner on third and nobody out, opening the ninth inning. The next man up is Bill Jurgis. One hit and three times at bat. Infield playing in, of course, to cut this run off as possible. A call strike on Jurgis. Bridges curving one over the outside corner. Boy, this fella hacks Sure, tied into that one. He feed off. And the next pitch, swung it a low one for the second strike. Out is two and nothing. Two and nothing. Nobody out. And hack on third. Bridges gets the sign from Cochran. Gets on the rubber and starts his wind-up. Here's the pitch. Swinging strike three. A third. Which broke away from him. One out in the ninth. And French is up. Larry French, the pitcher, he's coming up there after getting a bit of rosin on his hands the better to grip the bat. He's had one hit and has fanned twice. We're ready to go. And the first pitch, he steps out and swings strike one. Pack was halfway home. Running up on the pitch. This as though there might have be been going to have a squeeze play here to get him home. Still may have it. You never can tell. There's the wind up. Swinging strike two. And the count is two or nothing on French. Two and nothing. One man out. Back is on third. Bridges gets his time. Takes his time. His arm goes up in the motion. Here it is. A grounder to Bridges. He plucks the runner back to third. Then throws the batter out. For the second out. Easy founder right back to the box. Bill Rogel patting Tommy on the back. And now the Tiger infield can back up. With two men gone. And Augie Galan is up. Augie has had one hit and four times at bat. Single in the third inning. Left-hand batter. And Hack is still on third. With his arms folded now, here's the first pitch to Augie. Almost a wild pitch. Cochran saving Bridges by making a great stop for that ball which hit just in front of the plate. Making staggered all over the plate, gets dirt on it. And umpire Bill Quigley has just dusted it off. One ball. Bridges takes his time. There's the windup, and here's the next pitch. A drive into short left field, and Bosland comes in for the catch. <laughs> Opened that inning with a long triple over Walters head into deep center field and remained on third base while Bridges fanned Kirkus. French grounded to the pitcher and Gillan ended the inning with a fly to Garzman in short left with a score still tied at three runs. And we pause for station identification. This is WMAQ, the Chicago Daily News station. We go into the Tiger half of the ninth. We've seen real baseball glamour in that half. The first pitch is a called strike. French cutting the outside corner. The crowd is still very noisy over that exhibition of Bridges pitching. Ball inside. The count is one and one. One and one on clean slips and leading off in the Tiger half of the night. He fouled the next pitch into the dirt, strike two. Now there's two strikes and one ball. Two and one. French starches wind up for the next pitch. Outside and high, ball two. Two and two. Larry gets the sign from Gabby Hawkins. Brushes the dust away from the pitcher's rubber. His arm goes up in the motion. Swift and fouled into the upper deck. Off up first straight base lay. And there's a scramble for that apple. Count remains. Two strikes and two balls. French starts his windup for the next pitch. Ball three, outside. Three and two. Three and two is the count. There's the windup Here's the pitch. Tristan struck out to open the ninth for the Tigers. The seventh strikeout for French. Twice he's gotten Tristan. And when Bridges fan judges in the ninth... It marked his 7th strikeout victim. <laughs> Next man up, Charlie Geringer, hits a single off Billy Harmon's club. Down near second base. I'm pretty sure they'll call that a single. This is a very hard chance. Or a Cochran, rather. He went way down near the sack. And it's a hit. Watching the scorer there. Cochran's third hit of the day, and here comes Gehringer with two hits. In four times at bat. Each pitcher has struck out seven men so far. It is a real ball game. Ball one, way outside to Geringer, a left-hand batter. Over in the right-hand batter's box is where Hartman took that bit. French gets the sign. He's ready to go. There's one man out in Cochran on first. Ball two. Another curve outside. Two and nothing. Two and nothing on Geringer. Cubs have 12 hits from the Tigers' 11 so far. There's a the stretch. Score is tied at three runs. Geringer hits off to Camerota, who late the second base after stepping on the back to retire Geringer, but his throw, down to second, failed to get Cochran. Cochran is on second with two men out. her out at first. Cabaretta unassisted. On a hard smash down the first baseline. Still knocked the ball down, then picked it up. Stepped on the bag and through the second base, trying to get Cochran. Mick is in there safely. And Bruce Johnson is the batter with two men down in the ninth. And the winning run on second. Goose will be given a pass, I imagine. Can't tell yet, but I think Gabby motions that way. Pulling Augie Gallant in a little bit in left field. Maybe they'll pitch to the Goose. He hasn't gotten one out of the infield today. We shall see in just a moment. French, after getting ready to pitch, steps off the rubber a moment. Cochrane taking the lead. All right, we're ready to go. Here's the pitch. Goslin following that first down first baseline. Strike one. They're pitching to him. There's no walk here. One strike on Leon Goslin. Crowd is in a continuous uproar. For a moment here, while Larry French is rubbing the shine off his new ball. Here we go. And next hit, driving... Four runs, 12 hits, one error, Chicago, three runs, 12 hits, no error. The World Series is just about over, the Tigers winning it four to three. This is just absolutely gone mad. That was the most astounding thing. And the last hit that went all the way out, went over the center fielder's head, and the winning run came right over home plate, and the sand just went completely crazy. Paper flooded down. The umpires didn't even bother to stay. They just began to run before even the ball had hardly got to the ground. Uh, the paper is beginning to glitter all over the place, just like uh, snow, shall we say. The crowd is rushing right down here in front of me. Most men, women, and they're all crowding around the Tigers dugout. It looks like a complete mad mob. I'm trying to lean over the the uh, press box here. It's right like on the very edge of a cliff, looking right down on top of everybody else. And my two assistants, Hal Felton and Ty Tyson, have gone down to the... Dug out to these two teams to try and see if they can get these boys on the air for you. But nevertheless, I've never seen such a crowd. Have you ever seen, uh, have you ever been like a child on the beach in the sand, and you build up a great big pile of sand, and you dam it up with a little wall? Then you break the wall, and you watch all the sand flood right out onto the level space right in front of you. here are all these people flooding out from that great enormous stand in the left field reaches. Color green, pink, red, brown, everything you can possibly think of. They're walking all over the place. They're walking little tiny figures. Have you ever played with toy toy soldiers? And you move them all over the ground, and uh, you've a little brown, green, of ground, and you've seen all these people flooding to one spot. Well, they're all making out of this one stand and racing down here to the Tigers dugout. Who I brought for the first time in the uh, history of baseball, of Detroit's baseball anyway, a championship since 1887. And think of what this town is going to be tonight. It's the most amazing thing that you've ever seen, and of course you've listened to the, the game, but the tension has been terrific. It's been a ding-dong battle all the way, the first in the first inning in Detroit, one run. Just a minute, I see that all these people, a lot of them, are running out through the other gates. Some people are going out there, they, they seem, they think they've had enough. But the first of all, Detroit got one run, And then in the third inning, Chicago tied, up, tied that up. Now, that was 1-1. And then in the uh, fourth inning, I'm reading from the scoreboard, Detroit got another run. So that made 2-1 to one in favor of Detroit. And then in the fifth inning, Chicago came right back and hit two runs. So consequently, that was one up to Chicago, and they led with one run. On the sixth inning, they, they, they took it, tied it up again, and there it stood. Even until this extraordinarily, really, very, very dramatic ninth inning. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, let me read you this. I've made a lot of notes while we were going along. Oh, this crowd is perfect. It's terrific down here. They're just milling and shoving and trying to push their way into the Tiger dugout, but there are police down there. They're trying to hold them back. And there uh, are people even standing on the roof. Uh, there's one man trying to climb in upside down from the roof. And there uh, are women walking there too. Uh, there's just one man trying to help a woman to get over the top. But uh, there doesn't seem to be much success, and the crowd is dividing part of its time between watching this woman trying to get back again and the players. One or two of them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a moment. Which dugout do you wish me to send you to, to, the Detroit? Well, Ty Tyson, ladies and gentlemen, is down at the uh, Detroit dugout, so let me switch it down there to you. All right, Ty, take it away. Uh, this is Ty Tyson down in the Tigers dressing room, and where we have manager Mickey Cochran and Goose Goslin. First of all, manager Mike is going to talk to you just briefly while I get a hold of Tommy Bridges. Thanks, Charlie. Hello, everyone. I want to say it's just the happiest day of my life. It was part of the most sensational and thrilling World Series that's been played in some time. It certainly was the greatest thrill of my life when I stepped across that home plate with old goose, a wild boy from Southern, New Jersey, singled a right. Thanks. I want to congratulate Charlie Grimm and his country of a great ball club, and it was a real championship series. Here's Goose Garland. Thank you very much, Mickey. Here's Goose Garland who drove Mickey across with a winning run, a $2,000 run. Hello, folks. Uh, the Cubs are a great ball club, and, and uh, I was uh, more thrilled in this game. I think I uh, felt like everything uh, depended upon winning this game. And the uh, Cubs is a good young ball club, and everybody said they weren't so hot, but we found them very hot. Thank you. Thank you very much, Goose Garland. Tommy Bridges is coming up here right away, the winning pitcher who won both the games that he started in this World Series for the Tigers. Here he comes with Hal Cotton throwing him up, smoking his cigarettes in his undershirt, but he's very happy to have won. Say something, Tommy. Hello, everybody. Everybody's pretty happy around here right now. Okay. There's entirely too much confusion going on here for anything more. The boys are starting their pennant-winning and World Series-winning jollification. So this is Ty Tyson turning it back upstairs to both Carter. Well, here we are back again upstairs in the press box. And thank you, uh, Hal, and thank you, Ty. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that I would like to add my word, if I may, to the extraordinarily good work done by uh, Hal Cotton and Ty Tyson. And uh, may I send, you, uh, send this report once again back... So, uh, Hal Thompson has got something else to say to you. Take it away, Hal. Oh, he's not quite ready. Uh, you see, ladies and gentlemen, where? We're right down in the dressing room, right at the bottom of the stadium, and we're all the way up here. And we've got to work this business, business by engineers all over the uh, line. All right, it's going down now. All right, take it away, Hal. He hasn't even said no or even backed away from his microphone. First, I want to introduce you. That's the grand manager of the Cubs, Charlie Grimm. Charlie, how do you feel? I started feeling disappointed, of course. Well, I feel disappointed, of course, but I feel happy that we were beaten by a grand ball club. And my ball club is also a grand ball club. It's a series all the way, and uh, I think it was very evenly matched It's just a matter of who could get one more run than the other ball club, and that's the ball club that won. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you very much. And now, Charlie Hartnett said he come over here and... Uh, I want to find Leo Alston Maybe in the shower by now In the Lon Lon, come here a minute, will you? How do you feel about this ball club the beach of the day? I think they're one of the best ball clubs I ever saw And I think uh, we battled them We give them the best battle That the people in the world Seen in a day And so I only hope that we get to play them again in another one next year Well, thank you, Lon Warnick And you Gabby Hartnett The captain of the Cubs Leo, what have you got to say about this? Well, know, anybody hates to lose And I'm a Cubs loser but you got to give the Detroit Tigers a world of credit because they're a great hustling club, And also a world of credit for their leader, Mickey Cocker. Thank you, Leo. Thanks a lot. I would like to uh, get Larry, I know uh, Larry Pace feel terribly about it all, and I'd like to get Billy Herman's hat. We're trying to round them up. The cup players are mostly around here in the nude, as we might say. Several of them waiting around the rubbing table, and Dr. Andy Lodtow uh, is rubbing one of you. Billy Herman over here. Bill, come here a minute, will you? Billy Williams, the boy, they hit that home run, to shoved the Cubs ahead today, and they held that lead for a little while. Bill, how do you feel? I think the Detroit Tigers are a good ball club, but I think they beat a better ball club. <laughs> That's the old scrap and that, uh, that keeps them going. And uh, I don't know if Larry is still over there in the uh, showers or not. Larry is in the showers. I know he doesn't feel much like talking, but... Uh, sometimes I'll come over and do that. Woody, come here a minute, will you? Here's the captain of the Cubs, Woody English, the boy who uh, is captain and yet does most of the backing up. No, he's the boy that fills the holes in the cup. What do you got to say, Woody? There was a great series. I think the team that got the brakes won pretty even in that, both of us. Thank you. It was a great series, wasn't it? And now, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've just about exhausted the number of boys who will out here. The dressing is downhearted, and yet they're not cheering naturally. And we hope you've enjoyed what it is. And now we'll turn to Bo Carter up in the Back upstairs, ladies and gentlemen, in the press box with Broke Carter. And I'm looking down over here at the uh, people right down below the Tigers' dugout. And uh, I think they're trying to wait for the Tigers and the Victors to come out. And if they ever do, they're simply going to get mobbed. There's probably somewhere about five to 6,000 people jammed so tight. I've never seen people jammed like that before in all my life. And there's one wag uh, who's standing on top of the... Uh, the uh, Tigers dug out on the roof uh, giving cheering signals, and these four people jammed tight together trying to answer him. and they're swaying through and fro. And let me also add, if I may, what I was going to say a minute ago. The splendid work done by Hal Tyson and, uh, and uh, Ty Tyson and Hal Thompson. They've been up here every day covering this game, day after day, and it's an awful tough job with all these people here. and My hat brought certainly to them. You have received the broadcast of all the World Series games with the compliments of the Ford Motor Company. The sponsors will be amply repaid if you have enjoyed these broadcasts, and we congratulate the winners, the Detroit Tigers World Champions for 1935, and also compliment the Chicago Cubs for the outstanding brand of baseball played during the entire series, and we wish them both a successful season in 1936. In the meantime, watch the Fords go by. And this is both Carter signing off from Mavingfield, Field, Detroit, and also for Al Sappin and Ty Dyson. And so we will now return you to our
2: studio. So, what an amazing way to end a World Series! Right, a leadoff triple by Stan Hack. He doesn't score, and then the Tigers come up. And four batters later, they won the World Series. With Mickey Cochran scoring the winning run. This, you know, on his birthday, it's no better way to celebrate it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. That was unbelievable. Uh, just experience to have the whole thing, and if you want to see the, uh, if you want to listen to the full broadcast, you can do that on October seventh on You can also go to my YouTube channel. And look under World Series and you can find the 1935 uh, World Series and you can listen to the entire games broadcast uh, from the first pitch to the last. Um, You know, you only got the highlights on this um, on the podcast here. And if you want to find out more about Mickey Cochran, you can do that on his page on thisdayinbaseball.com slash Mickey Cochran. We have a full biography for him, his Hall of Fame biography and uh, videos and other events that he's been involved in throughout his career. Uh, If you enjoyed this, uh, you know, in this time when we're all dealing with uh, the COVID-19 and the the quarantines and self-quarantines, it's a great time to be... to remember these amazing events in baseball history and you know share if you can you can share this with a friend uh tell a fellow baseball buddy about this and i'm sure they're going to appreciate listening to things like the uh, 1935 world series highlights these are things good things in a time that is not so good Um, and i hope you can you know share it with some of your friends and, uh, of course, you appreciate it if you subscribe to the channel uh, so you get the new content when it comes out. Tomorrow we're going to have a handful of games that uh, we're going to have the highlights for. So that will be exciting. Um, and sad news I'm going to close this uh, podcast out on. I've learned that Al Kaline has passed away. Uh, he was an incredible influence in the Tiger community. Uh, he meant so much to the Tiger fans. Hall of Famer, one of the greatest Tigers to ever um, don the uniform. He actually played in the very first game I ever went to at Fenway Park. Uh, the Tigers actually beat the Red Sox one zip on a new Arm cash home run. And uh, Kaline had played in that game. So um, just a sad day for Tiger fans. And, uh, you know, my sympathies go out to Al, Al K-Line's family. And that's it. That's it for today's show. Uh, be safe out there. And if you need to reach me, you can reach me at tdinbb at gmail.com. And i be I'll be respond to anyone who reaches out to me. And that's it for the Daily Rewind. Uh Tom Hannon. I was uh, happy to host you today and uh be safe out there. Peace.